Driving score. Jake Howes, welcome to Life at Luton. I guess we'll start with the favourite goal you scored for the club. Um, there's only one. Well, my favourite goal. I mean, there weren't loads of goals anywhere across my <laughs> career. Uh, majority were penalties. I'm happy to admit that. But no, I had a good record of scoring penalties. My favourite goal was definitely my first ever goal um, for the club. I think it was a memorable game as it is against Cambridge. I think we were losing 2-0 at half-time. Uh, Liam Hatch got sent off. Mick Harford sort of gave us a massive rollicking at half-time. He sort of said, like, if you don't pull your finger out, I'm gone. Or a lot of you are gone, sort of thing. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, we pulled it back. We scored some good goals. I then scored, funny enough, against Gleeson, who was playing right back at the time. Um, I believe it was a rebound, a parry from the keeper. And I, with my right foot, which definitely not a lot of goals yeah. come from. Um, I, I put it away, yeah. And then as I was celebrating, I always remember it, I pulled up with cramp um, behind that far goal in front of our fans. And uh, yeah, had to come off and be subbed straight away. So it was amazing, but embarrassing at the same time. I remember that that day. I wasn't actually at the game, but I think there was nearly like 3,000 Luton fans behind behind that goal and down the side of the pitch. But I remember watching it on Sky Sports News, had Gillette Soccer Saturday on. And like you said, 2-0 down with 10 men. A lot of Luton fans that day were just gone, you know what, that's probably it. But... What did Mick Harford say half time? Is just to to get you guys up for that second half? Do you know what I think? We we had such good players in that squad at that time. I mean, like Kev Gallen, like Rossi Jarvis. These these boys are, are, are top players, um, and I think we always had that belief. And it was one of them games where we knew we were two 0 down, and I actually got sent off. But it was one of them where like actually we're still in this. Um, so yeah, we sort of had a belief. And Mick being Mick, you sort of if he loses it with you. As you probably everyone knows, he's um, he's a scary figure to uh, to be on the back end of something that's it's not going his way. Um, but yeah, he he Mick was brilliant. Man management, Mick is 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 up there for me as one of the best. And I always say the best I can possibly about Mick Harford. Um, he is a legend, and he deserves every plaudit for the club and what he's done in his career. He's coaching, he's managing. Um, for me, giving me my chance to live my dream, he was. Um, yeah, amazing bloke. But yeah, more than anything, somehow we changed it and it was a memorable game as well. Definitely one to remember. Um, I think that moves on nicely to the best game you played in for Luton. The best game? Hmm. That's a tough one, to be honest. There were so many. There, there honestly were so many. The best game? I think I wasn't obviously part of the Johnson's Paint that final. Yeah. I, I, that, that wasn't something I was part of. I was played in every round, obviously, and enjoyed that. The best game is probably my debut, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. It, it's it's a crazy feeling. I, I, walking onto a football pitch, my shirt was way too big for me. I was <laughs> a young boy yeah. looking up in the stands at Kenilworth Road where, as you know, as everyone knows, is hostile. The fans are the best in the world by far. It was it was crazy. Um, walking on the pitch and I've sort of gone left back next to Don Hutchinson at the time, who's a legend and, and a, a, a massive name in the game. Um, yeah, for me to enter the pitch two weeks after my 17th birthday, it was um, incredible. What's I, that feeling say, like as a 17-year-old, though? Because a lot of a lot of fans like dream about you know playing for your club, and I don't think as Luton fans you can imagine what that'd be like. You know, going out maybe at the time in front of like six, seven thousand people, but that must be huge, especially at 17 years old. Yeah, I think. Do you know what? I think it was a a positive that I was so young. Um, I was fearless, and it was. I was living my dream 
uh, I think a lot of, of young lads want to be a professional footballer and, and it's so difficult to be a professional footballer and mm-hmm. it's getting smaller and smaller now, the percentages, and it's, it is what well, is the hardest thing I can't say and you have to be so dedicated and there's so many elements you need to, to actually make it. But yeah, for me to do it and make my family proud, it, it was, it's just, it, it's, it's unbelievable. It's up yeah. there with like, apart from having kids, it's, it's easily the, the most incredible thing I've got to do. And like I say, like most kids, they, they want to live the dream as a footballer. And I got to do that. And I'm forever proud of, of achieving that in my career. I was going to say, you must have, after that game, just been buzzing for the rest of the day. And I guess you had loads of people, like family, that were really proud of, of you getting your debut. Yeah, and I, do you know what? It was weird because I was obviously travelling around with a squad, 16 years old, and I'm not Forest away, Doncaster away, and Mick was always like, this is experience for you. Enjoy yeah. the coach journey with, with Nico and Sol Davis and Robbo and, and, and massive, massive characters. Uh, and it's all experience. It's all going to benefit you long term. And yeah, at that stage, I was getting the bus at the bottom of, I don't know what road it is, where the stadium is yeah. anyway, the bottom of that road in Berry Park. I was finished the game and I might have warmed up with the first team on a match day and they could have played, you know, Nottingham Forest, one of them, the biggest in the world. And I'm sort of finishing the game, had my shower with the first team and I've walked just to the bus station and obviously there's full of Luton fans everywhere still. And there's sort of me, a 16-year-old spotty lad, just sitting at the, <laughs> the bus stop, you know. Um, at that point, I was just... In, I was living in Diggs in Luton with a family that, that looked after me amazingly. And um, yeah, it, it sort of brings you back to reality. But I think I always had that connection. I was so lucky with the fans where they see me as family and I see them as family. And yeah. I, didn't, I didn't sign for the club as a Luton fan, being completely honest, but I definitely, yeah, it's um, as cringy as it is, it's definitely in my blood, <laughs> as a lot of players will say when they leave. I guess that moves on as well to the best atmosphere at a game you've played in for Luton. The best atmosphere. Do you know what? There's so many amazing stadiums, but Portsmouth away is is up there just for how they make you feel on the pitch. Mm-hmm. And, and they're known for it, obviously. Um, but every home game is the be- best atmosphere at Luton Town, whether it's a Tuesday night under the lights or it's a Saturday afternoon, anything like that. But I think when we got crowned champions of the conference that day and there was a pitch invasion and we were celebrating in the exec box, it was just it was just a party and it was it was such a relief. And I've said it a few times to, on a few podcasts I've done that that personally was the biggest thing in football to happen to me where I've been on the journey with Luton and, you know, I'm playing League One, League Two football in minus points, yeah. learning my trade and... You're in the conference for a team, like you say, we're getting 7,000 fans. We're going to, away to Nuneaton on a Saturday and we're like the home team. Yeah. It, was just, it was just an insane time for the football club. Um, and I'm so proud to be part of that journey down the leagues, as bad as it sounds. But to get back into the Football League with Luton Town was just, yeah, it, it, was, it was amazing. It really was. And I think like what you said about, you know, you look at a club like Portsmouth and you go there with that atmosphere. And I guess that is like after having five years in the conference and like you said, we're going to places like Bath City and, you know, all due respect to these clubs with yeah. like a thousand fans, if that, and, you know, like hideaway and, and stuff yeah. like that. It it must be, I don't know, for like a player going from playing in front of, like you said, maybe you're going to an away game thinking, you know what? we're going to have more fans here to go to like Fratton Park and have like 17,000 home fans and like 2000 away fans. That must be such a different environment. And maybe that was, was that quite tough for you guys? 
Um, do you know what? It, it wasn't in a way because Luton is hostile and, and the fans are amazing. And for me, they're a, they're a different class. But if you don't work hard, first and foremost, as a, as a Luton player, the fans won't enjoy it and they don't like that. And I completely agree. These guys, uh, you all are like, passionate, loyal to the club and you don't expect to turn up and someone not really, you know, work that extra yard or something like that, which I was yeah. always thankful of. Um, and every football fan is the same. I'm the same watching Arsenal now and I, I get annoyed. But yeah, it, we was going to away games, like you say, like Bath City, which now are in my league. I play at Hemel, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a complete different atmosphere. I was playing it for Luton where we were filling the whole of their stadium yeah, yeah. with Orange and Luton fans everywhere. It's now where at the level it's at, it's, it's, it's just a massive comparison. Um, so it, we, we didn't find it difficult. I don't think, I think at, at home it was a pressure. I think it took Luton as a club and as players, staff, at least two years to realise the conference isn't isn't a, a rollover. Yeah. There's, there's, there's big clubs, there's good clubs in there at the time. Grimsby, I think, were in it. Uh, Fleetwood, obviously, Vardy was there, who, who shone, Barnett. It, it, it weren't easy. With one going up automatic, the, the playoffs, as we know, is, is a lottery. Um, so, yeah, we thought we could win every game at home and it was never the case because, like, when we went to Portsmouth, we had suddenly up our game. It's a massive... It was a huge game, Luton-Portsmouth, um, and everyone loved playing there. So, it was sort of like these teams coming to Luton, for them, it was the biggest game of their season. Well, exactly, in, yeah. In, yeah, respect to them. Um, so it wasn't easy. It was tough, and, and teams looking—they wanted to beat you. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was tough times. But we got there in the end. And like you said, it, it did take a couple of years, I think, for Luton fans to realise that actually the conference is—you know—this isn't just going to be a walk in the park every weekend. You're going to have to really roll up your sleeves and get stuck in. And I think us having them five years at the conference has made us the club we are today. And like in the championship, you know, we're, we're humble and. We see, we see all the time at the moment. You see, like we beat Sheffield Wednesday, you know, near the end of the season. You already Sheffield yeah. Wednesday. You can't be losing to teams like Luton, and it's kind of like, yeah. you know, we learn from that, you know, and yeah, and we had some lows. And again, you scored in, which I think a lot of Luton fans will look back and say, this is one of the lowest moments of the club is when we lost two one at home to Hyde, um, yeah. who I think were like rock bottom. They hadn't won in like yeah. forever, and I think it was like the lowest league attendance in history it was like less than like four or over just over four thousand in what do you remember from that day because i think it, it just didn't see, didn't seem to go for us that day no and it, it happens at every level don't get me wrong i think it's happened to Luton this season i think i've watched and i've watched very closely what they're doing and they've had games where they just it just don't happen um and not just Luton. it happens at the, the highest level man city for example in the champions league final just didn't nothing click from that day um, and Chelsea were just at the races. It's pretty much how it works. But it, it, football's so relentless and people have very short memories. It's very much, they only remember what they last see and they, that they, they envisage sort of thing. And over the years, as you probably know, I've seen so many people come through the club, player-wise, staff, managers, um, but the base stayed there. The, yeah. the 2020 base stayed there. It's the, the, the club's in is probably the best position it's ever been in with the stadium hopefully going through and everything's in the works for that. It, it couldn't have been any better, but the foundations were laid, like you say, when we did the five years in the conference and we went through the minus points and we sold massive players like Curtis and Leon and these boys went on and Viney and Howie, but it, it was a learning curve. That whole transition for Luton Town as a football club is, I believe, is why they're in the championship and yep. they now have probably 
the top three manager in the league. Um, easily the best coach I've ever worked under as well, by the way. He, um, yeah, he's incredible uh, on the on the training ground. Absolutely relentless at what he, he, he does work day to day. Um, so I think Luton are in the best position they are. If they're signing players that are highly wanted, like Reese Burke, I see today, if they're getting people like that over the line and they got the, the Wickham striker, I think it says a hell of a lot of what, what direction the club's in. Yeah. And for them to be looking forward, and I think I see Sonny Bradley doing an interview saying, we're looking to push playoffs for Luton Town. And like you said, five, ten years ago, look where we were. I, I think I'm, I'm proud and I'm, no one cares if I'm proud, but to see where Luton Town is, it's, it's just... It's, it's unreal to see, to be honest, and hopefully everyone forgets in the right way where they were and only looks forward now. But, mate, you should be proud. You, you played a huge part in, in, in that journey, you know, without, yeah. without them times, without the heartbreak of the playoff finals and, and stuff. Yeah. You know, we wouldn't have been, like you said, where we are today. Um, yeah, yeah. And I'll, 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 you did mention Nathan Jones. I was going to ask you, your favourite manager to work under, because you've been, like you said, you've seen a lot of them come through and go. yeah. Who was your favourite? Manager-wise, to be honest, every manager has their own key element to what they do and what they bring to a football club, of course. I think when Nathan Jones come in at that point in League Two, he come in and he was so passionate in his work day to day. There was no... His work rate was incredible. And it everyone sort of fries off that around him and the whole club had a lift as soon as he come in. I know he had no background as managerial mm-hmm. status, but he come in and... He set a tone from day one um, in the training ground, the way we did things, the way we went about the whole whole day as a, as a football club. It was it completely turned upside down. And in training, he set the diamond up, as everyone well knew, and it was successful. Teams knew we were playing the diamond at that time. I was lucky enough, he, he really did enjoy, and like me as a footballer, left back and he played me in, in front of, obviously, Potsy, who's still at the club, and... He chose me to play there, which I was, yeah, amazing to do. And I learned from him and what he did. But I was playing well, and yeah, he was, um, he was, he was great from day one with me, um, yeah. Nathan Jones. And I, I wouldn't say a bad word about him. I think what he's done for the club, and I think it, for him, in his short managerial career, going to Stoke was also the best thing that could happen to him. Um, the grass isn't always greener in this case, and sometimes managers fit and players fit in certain ways. And I think. As he's finding out now, Luton Town is his fit. And Perfect, just exactly. For him. Um, yeah, and I, I, I don't begrudge him moving on to Stoke at that time. I, I don't think anyone can. Um, it, it, when someone offers you whatever they did five times what he's earned at Luton Town, any walk of life, any job you're oh, 100%, in, oh, hundred percent, you're going to go. You're going to go. Absolutely, it's, it's difficult to say no. Whatever your loyalties are, and maybe he went about it differently, where he was, he's you know pumping his chest and stuff, but. Listen, the guy's so passionate and he and I can generally say he loves his work and he loves what he does at Luton Town and I think everyone knows that now. Um but yeah, he proved the point when he came back and it was it was nice to see to be honest. Well, if we rewind a few years and talk about the playoff finals because the one at Wimbledon, I remember you, you know getting there, I think we took like 11,000 that day, which was a, a great effort considering he had to go all the way to Manchester for it, but it, it was so nearly that day. Your ball in to Jason Walker, his header yeah. hitting the base of that post. And I think there's that really nice photo of the, well, not really nice, but the Luton fans, there's like two steals. It's like the moment it hits the post and everyone's cheering. And then like yeah. five seconds later, everyone with their hands on their head. Did you think that was in from, from your ball in? Do you know what? 
I I've watched it back so many times, like all the penalties and Steve Evans was commentating, and I I always remember it because I got it played out to me. And do you know what? My legs were gone. I was absolutely knackered. Um, and I've sort of zinged the ball in, and his only walks who was in there anyway. So to be fair, it's one of the best crosses I've ever done in my <laughs> life. So I'm gutted he didn't score it. Um, and he's got up, and he's always been good in the air as it is, Jays. And he's headed in. I thought, do you know what? It's in. We've done it. Like last minute. We've actually won the game. It was end to end the last 10, 15 yeah. anyway. And I thought, that's it. And then it, it sort of hit the bottom base of the post. And I thought, five, five, three, four, five inches inside. And it's a goal. It goes in off the post. It goes straight in. But I think after that, it was one of them you thought, Do you know what? It's not our day. Regardless what happens, yeah. it's not our day. Um, and it wasn't meant to be. I'm, I'm a firm believer in when it happens, it happens, it happens for a reason sort of thing. And um, yeah, it wasn't meant to be. I'm I'm glad I scored my penalty, I can't lie. Um, and it was quite a good one. Again, uh, probably the best penalty I ever took, but it was just one of those days. And it was heart- It was absolutely heartbreaking. It was, um, I think everyone could see the players were gutted. And it was, yeah, it, it was horrendous because we generally thought that was it. We was going to, you know, go up and, but it, it weren't meant to be. That penalty shootout, obviously a lot of Loon fans look at Jason Walker's penalty and and I don't know if he's tried to chip it or a little finesse down the middle or anything. Did anyone say anything to him after the game? How was how was he feeling? Uh, oh, he was he was, you know, distraught. It, and same as Lawless, absolutely distraught. Um the thing is if you it's difficult. You can't say nothing to, to Walks because he it, it's football. At the end of the day it's football, it's his decision. He wanted to take a penalty, absolutely. And and if you ask him now, would he have done it different? Probably. But doesn't everyone say that if they miss a penalty? Yeah. Would you, wouldn't you have done that different or wouldn't you have done that? So I don't think no one was holding him to grudge for it. And maybe, he, well, he definitely did things differently with holding up certain things and whatever whatever happened. That's up to him off the pitch. But on the pitch, it, it's one of them things in football. Um, we would have backed walks to take a penalty all, all day long. Lawless is one of the most reliable people in the football game. Um, and it just won't. It was just one of those things. It's it's lottery, like we say, penalties. It, it's just, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. We were we were gutted, and I think everyone would have ripped his head off. Normally, <laughs> yeah. outside of the football industry, but it is it is football, and um, yeah, it's one of those things. And it's it's like I said earlier as well. It's everything that happened in the conference that has just led to the moment that we are yeah. going through our third consecutive season in the championship, isn't it really? And we lost yeah. the following year to York as well. And I think that year it was like, we kind of snuck into the playoffs and though the whole club had this like, uh, like thing of, you know, we just have to believe. And the word believe was just like written all over social media. And I think for me as a fan, I remember that day, I think I'm, I may have cried that day just because it was like, genuinely thought like you, we snuck in, you know, we did the semifinals um, against Wrexham and then, it's just York again. They seem to be our bogey team back in the conference days. Yeah, and they were, and they were a good side. There's no taking away they were a good side and they had good players. Um, again, one of those days. I think, do you know the worst thing was, as, as weird as it sounds, Andre scoring so early in the game was probably the worst thing that could mm-hmm. happen. It, it was it was just a freak, like a hell of a finish and, and, and what a player as well. But it's, um, yeah, it was just weird because we knew... Then like it's like well they're gonna have to press and it, it was gonna be more intense and we knew what was coming and they yeah. had to go for it so I think we had a couple more chances where we didn't take them and we could have put them to bed but yeah it, it didn't happen um, but yeah it was it was not meant to be again that day and yeah. the, the linesman 
got it wrong and I think Kino's still trying to run after the line from now and get hold of him. But it's, uh, it's football. It, it's, and like you say, it's part of the journey that's got to the club where they are now and it weren't meant to be that season. Well, a day that, that was our day was Norwich away in the FA Cup and I feel we have to mention it. It's one of the... Yeah. Luton fans look back at that day and 4,000 there, Norwich turning up thinking they're going to walk it. Do uh, you quite generally think you had a chance that day of, of, of picking up a result? Weirdly, so we went up the night before, obviously, as you do for away games and you stay in the hotel and you're, you're fully well looked after. It's brilliant. And there was a lot of press around the football focus. Everyone you could think of was in the, in the hotel the night before, the morning of. And everyone was asking interviews for this person, that person. It was brilliant. Like the press for us and the club needed that little booster, I think, as, as a club in general, to hit the media again. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we, I don't know. There was a weird, weird feeling there, sort of similar to what Cambridge away, that sort of feeling where actually, what have we got to lose? The pressure's on Norwich. They're the Premier League side. What have we got to lose? And obviously at that point, no one knew Harry Kane is Harry Kane yeah. as he is now. I mean, it might be different if it was <laughs> Harry Kane that's playing now, but <laughs> yeah, uh, we just had no fear and we thought we're in the conference. They're a Premier League. What what have we got to hide? Um, and definitely up there, one of the most amazing games of my career was, it was just, yeah, weird. It was a weird game. Again, one tie was kept us in the game with some crazy saves and yeah, they, don't get me wrong, they, the way they moved the ball, it was a different level to where we were at, of course, but at the same time, I don't think we were miles off the game. And it, no. Again, it was we, we can we took the goal. They didn't score, and obviously the name of the game is to win the game, and we did it on the day. And it was a typical FA Cup tie. And I think as a club, we needed it. And the worst thing is, we actually thought after that, Millwall at home, out of all the ties that were left in it, actually <laughs> we got a chance yeah. here. Yeah, and the, out of everyone, the way they played, the style of play, it was very non-leaguey and it was very direct and hit the front man. And we thought, Do you know what? <laughs> Out of everyone, it, Millwall with chance to get into the semis. We surely we, we we've gonna we're gonna get close, yeah. and they 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 come and just beat us up, and we couldn't get nearer. But it was a it was a great journey, and the club needed it, so it was uh, it was enjoyable. On that day, a word on the fans, I guess, just overall, it was there's four thousand that day, and and I guess in your your time at Luton, the fans have, have like you said before and in, in into this this episode of of Owen the Town that they were brilliant for you. Oh, it, every, and, and you know what? I made so many friends that are, are Luton Towns that, that, you know, that I could name so many people that I met along the way. And there's so many staff members behind closed doors at Luton Town that I'll forever have time for. And I think publicly, I always say about Mickey, who is, he's one of my, well, bestest friend I've ever had at Luton by far. Um, I spoke to him not long ago and I just said how are you and he actually said oh, I had your shirt on the other day and things like yeah. that just make you think bloody hell yeah like what, what a what a young man he was and he just oh honestly there's so many people behind closed doors receptionists to to kit ladies to this to that to obviously Daz the kit man Simon the, the fit, all these people the core of Luton Town they make Luton Town but going back to the fans yeah obviously they see me grow from a, a little boy into a to a man and I'll forever see them as family. I'll forever have the utmost respect for any of them. If anyone saw me and they were sort of like, how are you? I'd always say, and I think publicly I was very open to what was going on in my personal life. and I never mm-hmm. made that a secret. Um, so I felt like they were on that journey with me as well with, with whatever was going on off the pitch. So it's um, yeah, I, I've got so much time for them and they've still got 
so much time for me and they, they always say great things on, on social media and stuff. And yeah, as a footballer, there's obviously a lot of bad criticism out there for negative things going on at the moment, which is horrendous. But I can honestly say I've got so much support from, from Luton Town and I'm, I'm so proud of that. Jake, that's amazing. Thank you so much for your time. No, top man. Good to speak to you.